Hello and welcome to the Surefooted Podcast. My name is Kenny and I'm your host. I would like to thank you for joining me today. Uh, this is going to be a, a very good episode. The subject matter is a little bit awkward, but it's something that I think needs to be discussed. It's something that I think is really affecting Christians and just believers and non-believers. It's something that's, that's kind of affecting everybody, really. And I think it's something that we need to talk about and kind of get out in the open so that we can start to deal with it in a biblical manner. Uh, before I get started, though, I do want to open us up with prayer. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Lord, I come to you just asking you to bless what I'm trying to do today, Father God. I pray that you would be with me in the things that I say, Lord, that you would let the Holy Spirit guide me in the information that I give, that you would let me be a vessel for what you would have me say, Father God, that I would leave as much of myself out of it as I can, Lord, and that I would just be edifying to you, make more of you and less of myself, Father God. I thank you for these things, and I pray that you just use me, Lord. That's my, my number one goal in this, is for you to use me, Father God. In your name I pray, amen. Okay, today we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, we're going to talk about pornography. Uh, pornography is an epidemic at this stage, this plaguing men and women alike. I came across an infographic the other day, and it had um, statistics about pornography use in America. I, I forget where I came across it, actually. I think somebody shared it on Facebook, believe it or not. And I, I looked at the statistics that it presented, and to tell you the truth, I was kind of shocked and appalled that, that this is the state that we found ourselves in. Pornography is an epidemic that plagues uh, men and women. It, it's relative ease of access uh, and the normalization that has been placed on it uh, in our hypersexualized culture have diminished its danger and increased its appeal. Uh, any, anybody with a smartphone and internet access now has uh, access to almost unlimited pornographic material. Uh, no other time in the uh, entirety of human history uh, have we had such unfettered access to, to something as uh, deplorable as this. I'm going to go over some of the statistics now that, that, that I found really to be just quite staggering. 12% of all websites on the internet are pornographic. Uh, that's approximately, um, as of a few years ago, that's approximately 24,644,172 websites. Every second, on average, $3,075.64 is spent on pornography, and approximately 28,258 internet users are viewing pornography uh, every second. 40 million Americans are regular visitors to pornographic sites. Roughly one-third of those porn viewers are women, which, you know, I found that really unbelievable. You know, you think of pornography and you think of it as a problem that only men are faced with, or predominantly men, and you, you don't really think that that's something that, that women would be involved in, you know, viewing pornography. 25% uh, of all search engine requests are pornographic in nature. That's approximately 68 million searches a day. 35% uh, of all internet downloads are pornographic. The average age at which a child is first exposed to pornography online is 11 years old. And 94% of children will be exposed to pornography by the time they're 14 years old. 
20% of men admit to watching porn online at work, and 13% of women who were polled admit to watching porn online at work. If, if we're at the point in our culture where you feel comfortable watching pornographic material while you're at your job, then, then I think it has reached those epidemic-type uh, proportions. 47% of families have reported that pornography is a problem in their home. That's a lot of families. That's roughly half of the families in America feel that pornography is a problem in their household. Pornography use pornography use is reported to increase the marital infidelity rate by as much as 300%. 56% of American divorces involve one party having an obsessive interest in pornographic material. That's over half of all the American divorces that were polled. One of the main reasons is one or the other person being addicted to pornography. 70% of Christian youth pastors have reported that they have had at least one teen come to them in the past 12 months and request help in dealing with pornography. 68% of church-going men and over 50% of pastors who were polled admitted to viewing pornography on a regular basis. Of young Christian adults who were polled, uh, 18 to 24-year-olds, both men and women, 76% actively search for porn on a regular basis. 59% of pastors said that married men have requested help with pornography use. And only 7% of pastors who were polled nationwide report that their church has a program in place to help people who are struggling with pornography. These statistics are staggering that pornography is such a widespread problem, not only with non-believers, but with believers who are professing Christians who who use and view this on a regular basis. When I read these statistics, I, I seriously thought that there had to be some kind of typo. I honestly thought that, especially in the statistics that dealt predominantly with people who were professed Christians, I said, surely, surely this can't be a legitimate, a legitimate polling. There has to be some type of, um, some type of skewed reporting. There has to be some type of uh, large margin of error with the polling results. Um, but I found these in multiple places and, and it looks like the numbers are legitimate. I, I, you know, this, this is a huge problem. This is a huge problem. Now, let's look uh, from a Christian perspective on, on dealing with pornography. We can classify pornography really under the broader spectrum of sexual immorality. Uh, we know through Scripture that sexual immorality is not pleasing to God. Sexual immorality can be defined as any morally objectionable sexual behavior. Uh, for example, sex outside the covenant of, covenant of marriage adultery, uh, etc. Biblically speaking, uh, sexual immorality is a sin. It's definitely a sin. There's no way we can get around that. If, and if viewing pornography is such a widespread epidemic, especially among the church, then why has it remained such a taboo topic that this rarely, if ever, addressed? I think the church has dropped the ball in this area. The world 
has normalized um, the use and viewing of pornography. It's it's everywhere. There's such a easy access to it, and it's so readily available that it's almost the norm that that people think, oh well, you know, it's something that everybody does. There's really nothing wrong with it. I might as well do it too. And the church, for whatever reason, has just sat by and let that become the case, where instead of us trying to keep the classification of, hey, this is sexual immorality, it's a sin that should be avoided at all costs, you know, we, we've sat back and we've done nothing about it to the point that even people who are professing to be Christians are using this on a on a average regular basis. And that's just that's that's not something that I think we as the church can let stand. This is this is something that is a huge problem. Let's take a look and see what scripture has to say about um about this sexual immorality. Is it's pretty specific on it in a lot of different a lot of different passages and I've pulled a few of them that we can take a look and we can kind of see exactly what scripture would have us do about this. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3 it says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That we abstain from sexual immorality, you know, abstain means that we don't take part in it. You know, that, that's pretty cut and dry. There's really not another way to slice that. For this is the will of God, that we don't take part in sexual immorality, and that falls under the... Um, Porn, pornographic material use falls under that. I mean, it also falls uh, in the realm of sex outside the covenant of marriage, you know, looking at a woman with lust in your heart, having an adulterous relationship with another married person, you know, all of these things fall under that category of sexual, Im- sexual immorality, and they're things that we should abstain from. They're things that we just should not do. 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 6.18 Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. There you go. We have it again right there in black and white. In 1 Thessalonians, it tells us to not do it, to abstain from it. In 1 Corinthians, it tells us outright to flee from it. In my mind, that tells me that even if I come across a pornographic website by accident, if it's a link that I don't recognize and I click on, or it's an email that has pornographic content, then I should close that out and I should get as far away from whatever that source is as possible. And that's under no certain terms. We should flee from sexual immorality. It tells us right there that, that it's a sin against our own body. And that sounds really serious to me. This is a serious problem. And we as the church, we need to address this. We need to address this and we need to make sure that everybody understands that using pornography is a sin. This will have consequences in the long term. 1 Peter 2.11 Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Now here the wording is a little different. It says abstain from the passions of the flesh. But if we look at that in context, what do we know that that means? Again, it's talking about sexual immorality. You know, the passions of the flesh, they're 
normally they're things that um, aren't pleasing to God, you know, if you really get right down to it. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5, uh, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. It tells us right there that everyone who is sexually immoral has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. It cannot be laid out any more plainly than that. And we as Christians, we have to understand that when we stand before God in judgment, he's not going to look at us and, and say, oh, well, you only looked at a little bit of porn. Yeah, you know what? That's okay. You know, we're going to let that slide. He's not going to do that. God is not going to do that. When we stand before God and he judges us with his righteous judgment, all of our sins are either going to be counted against the sinner who committed them or against Christ who paid the ultimate sacrifice. Every sin is going to have a consequence attached onto it. Every sin is going to be judged, and, and this one is no different. This is something that, that we as Christians, we have to take extremely seriously. Just because the world has normalized it, we cannot fall into that same trap of the normalization that's been applied to it. We have to recognize it for what it is, and we have to recognize the dangers associated with it. With stakes this high, why are we not stepping in to combat this from the very ground up? We have to denormalize it and we have to reclassify it as sin. That's the only way that we can deal with it in a godly, biblical manner. Now, what can we do to overcome something like this? Well, I think the first step, um, as with any sin that we're dealing with, the first step is going to be to repent before God, to confess that sin and to repent before God. We cannot hope to have victory in this area without, without repenting and turning from that sin, turning from pornography toward Jesus and God. That's the only way that we can have any victory over it at all. The second step is accountability. We can't discredit the impact that positive Christ-centered accountability has when dealing with porn. And we need accountability that is void of judgment and accountability that is grounded in love. We need accountability from brothers and sisters who understand that, that it is a failure, it's a moral failure on our part, who will encourage us to fight that failure next time. And who love us enough to tell us the truth about what that failure means and about what what that sin is, what pornography is. We need people who love us enough to tell us that. It's an awkward conversation to have. It's a very awkward conversation to have with people who you consider your friends or people who are your family. But the people who the people who love God and they love you are willing to help you in this area. They want to help you in this area. They want you to become free from this sin. Now, for situations where porn has become an addiction, there are more drastic measures that may have to be undertaken. And, you know, porn does have the, um, it does have the ability to become an addiction for some people who have addictive personality types. And there, uh, there are a lot of different 
really a lot of different symptoms and signs that you can look at to see if a person may be addicted to porn. Um, Number one is they lose time while they're looking at porn. They don't realize what amount of time has passed while they've been engaged in that activity. Number two, their work begins to suffer. Their job suffers. Uh, They could even lose a job due to to porn-related porn related situations. Number three, they uh, become financially, they spend a lot of money on pornography. You know, they, they may spend money on pornography um, as opposed to spending money paying bills or taking care of the situations they need to take care of. And then their personal relationships can suffer. If they're married, pornography uh, gives you an unrealistic expectation of what sex is within the confines of marriage which can lead to uh, interpersonal conflicts between someone who's addicted to pornography and their spouse. There are a lot more, you know, there are a lot more signs and symptoms of a person who may be addicted to pornography. Um, But if, if an addiction is suspected, then more drastic measures have to be undertaken to get that under control. And there are counseling services, there are psychiatric treatment options that are available that treat all types of addictive behaviors, pornography included. There's 12 step programs available for people who are addicted to pornography. There's um, all types of all types of programs that are available for people in that situation. Now, there are some resources that are available um, that can help people when dealing with pornography. I found a few of them that I'm going to lay out that I I thought were actually really good and really beneficial. The first one is uh, Covenant Eyes. Uh, You can find them at the website www.covenanteyes.com. It's a software that uh, you install on all your devices. You can put it on phones, tablets, computers, whatever the case may be. And it detects when porn is being viewed on that device. And once it detects that porn is being viewed on that device, uh, during the setup process, you designate an accountability partner. And if it detects that porn has been viewed on that device, it notifies your accountability partner that you've looked at porn. And what that does is it it opens up that avenue of dialogue so that you can speak to that accountability partner about it. You can say, look, this is what I did. I messed up. And, and that accountability uh, gives you a greater chance in the future of being able to uh, not give in to the temptation to look at that pornography. Anytime that you have a, a issue where you're looking at pornography, it kind of works in a cycle. Uh, you look at pornography. Um, After you look at the pornography, you feel shame a lot of the time. From that shame, you withdraw and you isolate yourself. You don't want to be around those people that you know are good people because you're ashamed of what you've done. That isolation leads to loneliness because you're not around the people who are edifying to the body. You're not around the people who are edifying to Christ in your life. So when you're isolated from them and you become lonely, what do you do at that point? You turn back to porn. To, to have that emotional release and that endorphin release. And then the cycle starts all the way over again. So with Covenant Eyes, it, it actually breaks that cycle by pushing you into an area of accountability with somebody that you pre-selected setting up the software. And it's somebody that you know you would have talked to about what's going on prior to, to setting them up in the system. And, and they would know, you know that they're your accountability partner. And if, if they get notified from Covenant Eyes, they, they understand what that means and they, they go from there. Another good uh, resource that I found that I think is, would be very good in helping someone deal with something like this, and this one is more specifically geared toward men, is SoulCon. 
um, www.soulcon.com. Uh, Soulcon is a men's ministry that focuses on turning men back into warriors for Christ. Um, basically, it consists of these Soulcon challenges. Each challenge is approximately six weeks in length, and it focuses on spiritual and physical growth. It provides a worldwide community of men who would uh, help keep you accountable and who want to be held accountable. So it goes both ways in this situation. Uh, and the relationships that you build during a Soulcon challenge will definitely help you in all areas of your spiritual walk. There are men that I've met through SoulCon that I speak with on almost a daily basis. You know, sometimes life gets in the way, and we keep each other accountable on all types of things. You know, are we staying in the Word enough? Are we are we witnessing to people like we're supposed to be? Are we being edifying to Christ all the time? You know, we, we keep each other accountable in all walks of, of our Christian life, and that's a very good thing. And yes, there there are guys who deal with pornography, and, and you you see through SoulCine different ways that people are kept accountable and you see people having victories in these areas through that accountability and through that spiritual growth. I think it's a very good resource and um especially the guys I would I would really recommend that you check it out. The last uh, resource that I found is called Fight the New Drug. It's www.fightthenewdrug.org. Um, this is an organization that's not affiliated with any faith or religion, and it aims to combat pornography through research-based scientific studies and education. It provides an extremely candid look at what porn does and how it affects the people who utilize it, and it backs that up um, all with research-based studies. It's um, all scientific. There's not a lot of opinion thrown into it, but it does have a lot of resources on the website at fightthenewdrug.org that can help a person who is dealing with pornography and pornography addiction. It's a very good resource, and, and if you are dealing with anything like this, I would definitely recommend that you check it out. Now, the information in these resources are just a start. With a problem as widespread as this, the church has to take a stand and let our Christian brothers and sisters know that this is not a secret sin. It's not something that just because everyone does that we can do it too. It's time for us to be who God has called us to be. We have to take a stand in the church against this normalized, desensitized sexual immorality. If we don't, then, then it's an epidemic that will never get under control and it's something that will continue to hurt uh, not only our brothers and sisters in Christ, but everyone all around the world who, who utilizes this. No, no good can come of it. There's literally nothing good that can come from um, using and abusing pornography. It's a sin and we have to treat it as such. All right, guys, that's everything I have for this week's episode. It is an awkward conversation to have. I understand that. And it's not something that people talk about as much as they should. But I do feel that it that it has a, a place that we have to talk about it. I feel that the conversation has to be started. I don't think that until we do talk about the elephant in the room that we will be able to get things under control, especially in situations where our Christian brothers and sisters are caught up in pornography. I think we have to be willing to face the awkwardness, to start the conversation, and to let people know that victory is possible, and that through God, you can you can turn and repent from this sin and move on to what God has for you. You know, we, we can't call ourselves Christians and live in a perpetual state of sin. It just doesn't work that way. You know, God, when at the point of conversion, when we accept Christ, we have new affections 
We have the we have the Holy Spirit who lives with us as a counselor. He lives inside of us. It gives us the power to no longer be slaves to sin. And knowing that, there's not a reason on on the face of the planet that we should not be able to have this conversation and to start to start showing this for what it really is and to start making headway into giving people victory and, and release in this area of their lives. All right, so be sure to, um, if you listen to this on uh, iTunes, be sure to rate and leave a review. Uh, the more positive reviews we have and the higher ratings we have, the more likely people are to discover this when they're uh, looking for a new podcast to listen to. You can also check us out on Facebook at The Surefooted Podcast. We have a a Facebook page there. You can search for us. Be sure to like it. You'll be able to stay up to date with everything we're doing there. Also, you can check us out at our website at www.surefootedpodcast.com and uh, check out what's going on there. If you do want to get in touch with me, you can email me at kenny at surefootedpodcast.com and I'll be glad to get back with you. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you all have a blessed week. And if I can do anything for you, just let me know. I love you guys. Thanks a lot.